Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Idiot Book Nook Book Club slash podcast uh, slash videocast, whatever the hell you want to call us at this point. My name is Blazewing, my pronouns are she, her, and they, them. I am the Reading Dragon, my pronouns are she, her. I'm Lady Punnett, and my pronouns are primarily she, her, they, them. It is she, her today. If you would like to follow us and see what we're doing on the great wide interwebs, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, you can find Lady Punnett at lanktr.ee dot slash Paulina dot Avalon. You can find The Reading Dragon at lanktr.ee dot slash The Reading Dragon. And you can find myself at lanktr.ee dot slash Blazewing2010. You can find our podcast feed and a place to leave us voice messages, should you so choose, at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook. And you can find our website at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com. As always, these links will be in the show notes, so if I've gone a little fast, don't worry, you can still get them. Just go take a look at the show notes. So, we are on, what, chapter 14? Surprisingly enough... We passed, we passed unlucky 13. I wouldn't call 13 unlucky. I actually like the number 13, believe it or not. 13 for me is a fairly magical number. Did you know that uh, before medieval times, 13 and Friday were both considered to be extremely yep. lucky? It wasn't until after medieval times that they were considered yeah, well, unlucky. I it was because of the chat yeah, and the, the chat that's what i like to call the dark ages and the dark ages set us back like a thousand years in certain cases so just so you know your microphone is all kerfluffered again who is it my you got the echo is it me i'm echoing no not 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 like, like ah. overly echoing it's like it was before so you've been putzing around with your microphone have you changed any settings no, I was trying to finagle with this and it popped off, so I had to, so I have to get this back okay. on again. You need a marshmallow. I had one. I lost it. I was using a sock for a while. Oh, no, I, I mean, I mean like the dessert marshmallow. Marshmallows make things better. So. I like marsh, I like marshmallow fluff as the cream. I'm not a fan of the actual marshmallow it unless it's a s'more. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going as is. I, I'll pop me. back out and pop okay. in just You're in case. Yeah, because, like, you know how things get for me on Discord after yeah, several good. hours. Yep. Okay, I'll be right back. So, yeah, we are doing... You and then there were two. And then there were, and two. Then there were two. So, yeah, we are doing uh, Chapter 14 of the Amulet of Samarkand. We have just found mm -hmm. out that Nathaniel is kind of letting those feelings fester and he hasn't exactly been taught all that uh taught the best way to deal with situations he hasn't really been shown a lot of love um and he was made a fool of and potent and basically embarrassed like they embarrassed the shit out of him and it seemed like that was almost intentional so he was intentionally embarrassed uh, by this Simon Lovelace character who has the Amulet of Samarkand, which we already know that Nathaniel has stolen uh, from him and has attempted to, attempted to frame his master, uh, Underwood. Um, and he no longer considers Underwood his master because he no longer considers Underwood capable of properly doing the job. Hey! It's, uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be a thing. Um, hmm. So, do you have any thoughts coming up for what's gonna what's gonna happen? Mm. The tricky thing, and this is from my experience. Well, I don't work with the Fae too often because I am a I am a practicing member of witchcraft, so I don't work with the Fae too often because they have so many rules, and it they also, steal my stuff. Yeah. But. Uh, so the fact that Bartimaeus, even though he's not technically a fae, he's a demon, knows Nathaniel's name, raises many, many problems yep, for absolutely. Nathaniel himself. Because I said, as you know, I said in the last chapter, like, oh, well, when he's released, it won't be an issue. 
I'm realizing, though, when he's released, we don't know if the demons can stay in the material plane without being right. contracted. So if he can, he can cause problems for Nathaniel yep. down the road. And to our knowledge, there's no way to get rid of his birth name. Ferret says, like, roommates. Yeah, like, basically, they might become roommates. Not that kind of roommate, but roommates. Like, yep. Avenue Q roommates. So, yeah. from here I on, see that. Uh, Lady Punnett, I'm going to give you all the footnotes, as we mm. mentioned a couple episodes ago. Okay. Because you do a fair bit of reading, and it's not... Or, sorry, I do a fair bit of reading, mm. and so does the Reading Dragon, and it's not fair that you don't, which we have discussed many, many times. So. Mm. Narrator. Sorry. I do. And oh. footnotes are done at the, yes, end, of done the, at the end of the paragraph, not yeah. the end of the sentence. There is just one more thing I wish yes. to bring up. Mm -hmm. um, well, we know that Nathaniel's going to go through his naming ceremony too. And I know that TikTok, especially Magic Talk and all the talk of there, often says, oh, if you're transgender, does it still count? And now I don't know. If it would still count in this universe. I don't know enough about the rules of this universe to make a call on that. Once I figure out the rules of this universe, as far as that goes, I will let you know. I feel like I'm missing Because something. a trans person well, changes their because name. It's no, their, their birth name is no longer... And it's their dead name is no longer considered their official name. Unless they decide to keep their Depends, birth name, though, because some, case, yeah. because if somebody switches the spelling but keeps the the pronunciation the same, and I does, think it would depend on the individual. In this, it would case, have to be a case. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I'm wondering in the in, like in this case because it sounds like oh the parents give the name. Would the parents have to give the transgender kid a new name? For it to be valid? Uh, again, I don't know enough about the rules of this universe yet, especially in regards to naming. So, once we figure out... Ask me again. Make a note and ask me again when we get to the end of the book. Well, that's even if it's brought up. I mean, if it's not brought up in the book series at all, this might be a, hey, we have to, like, at the, per at the author on Twitter... And ask what? them. Uh, make a note of that to at the person on, to at the author on Twitter, uh, Jonathan Stroud on Twitter. Let him, and or whatever social media they have it. Let him know who we are, that we are currently going through his book as a book club. And we have a question. Mm -hmm. Please. If he says, I mean, I haven't heard anything negative about Jonathan Stroud. In regards to the LGBTQ this would plus also give community, us an insight as to how mm -hmm. he views the LGBT community, specifically the T part. So make a note to ask him on Twitter and see what he says. See if he gets back to us. Uh, remember to ask author about naming conventions when trans. Uh, with trans people and magic, something like that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Naming, yeah. yeah, naming convention regards. To trans members with magic. So, uh, with that being said, we should probably get on to chapter 14. Yep. And the final part of Absolutely. part one. I'm excited to see. And then they become roommates. Not that kind of roommates. Not that kind of roommates. He is still a child. Narrator. I look Take like a away. fisherman. Bartimaeus becomes new. Uh, New foster parent. <laughs> I want to see Bartimaeus mm -hmm. foster dad. Foster dad mm -hmm. Bart Bartimaeus. Narrator, take it away. <clears throat> okay. The Bartimaeus Trilogy. Book One. The Amulet of Samarkand. Written by Jonathan Stroud. Narrated by The Reading Dragon. Voice acted by The Reading Dragon. Blazewing 2010. And... Lady Punnett. Chapter 14. Bartimaeus. I knew there was going to be a decent scrap when we got back to the attic, so this time I prepared for it properly. First, I had to decide what shape to take. I wanted something that would 
really goad him. Make him totally lose his cool. And, strange as it may seem, that ruled out most of my more scary forms. In fact, it meant appearing as a person of some kind. It's odd, but being insulted by a flickering specter or being called names by a fiery, winged serpent isn't half as annoying for a hardened magician as hearing it from the mouth of something that seems to be human. Don't ask me why. It's just something to do with the way people's minds work. Hmm. I figured that the best I could do was appear as another boy of about the same age. Someone who would rouse all the kids' feelings of direct competition and rivalry. That was no problem. Ptolemy was 14 when I knew him best. Ptolemy, it would be. Ooh. Mm. Mention of someone from the Books of Solomon. After that, all that remained was to revise my best counterspells and look forward with pleasure to being able to return home shortly. Perceptive readers might have noticed a new optimism in my attitude towards the kid. They would not be wrong. Why? Because I knew his birth name. Armed with this, I would be able to combat the whippersnapper's most vicious attacks. Knowledge of the name ready... Redresses? Redresses. Redresses the power balance a little, you see. Acting as a kind of defensive shield from Jin inside the circle. Forging. It is a sim... Forging? Forging? Yeah. 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 Okay. A shield for Jin. It is a simple and very ancient kind of talisman, and... Well, what are you hanging around for? Read on quickly and see for yourself. Give him his due. However, he came out fighting. No sooner had he got up to his room than he put on his coke... Uh, coke, okay. <laughs> then he put on his coat, hopped onto his circle, and summoned me in a loud voice. Ugh. He didn't have to shout so. I was right beside him, scuttling along the floor. An instant later, the small Egyptian boy appeared in the circle opposite, wearing his London gear. I flashed a grin. Nathaniel, eh? Very... Mm, hold on. Nathaniel, eh? Very posh doesn't really suit you. I'd have guessed something a bit more down market. Bert or Chuck, maybe. The boy was white with rage and fear. I could see panic in his eyes. He controlled himself with an effort and put on a lying face. That's not my true name. Even my master doesn't know it. Yeah. Right. Who are you trying to kid? You can think what you want. I charge you now. Uh, I couldn't believe it. He was trying to send me off again. I laughed in his face, adopted a pukish pose with hands on hips, and interrupted in sophisticated style. Go boil your head. I charge you now. Yeah, boo sucks. The boy was almost frothing at the mouth. He was so angry. He stamped his foot like a toddler in the playground. Then, as I hoped, he forgot himself and went toward the obvious attack. It was the systemic vice again. The bully's favorite. Old or young, small or fat, the besetting weakness of all magicians is their pride. 
They can't bear to be laughed at. They hate it so much. Even the clever, cleverest ones can lose control and make silly mistakes. He spat out the incantation, and I felt the bands drawing in. The systemic vice consists of a number of concentric bands, concentric. concentric bands of force that squeeze around you tight as a mummy bandage cloth. As the magician repeats the incantation, the bands grow tighter and tighter until the helpless jinn trap inside begs for mercy. Do you mind? You know you're picking, but you need to stop. Pick us, pick. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Nathaniel. Under my breath, I spoke his name, and then the words of the appropriate counterspell. The bands immediately reversed their loop. They expanded outward, away from me, out of the circle like ripples in a pond. Through his lenses, the boy saw them heading in his direction. He gave a yelp, and, after a moment's panic, found the words of cancellation. He gabbled them out. The bands vanished. I flicked a non-existent piece of dust from the sleeve of my jacket and winked at him. Whoops, I said. Nearly took your own head off there. If the boy had paused, he would have realized what had happened. But his rage was too great. He probably thought he had made some error, spoken something out of turn. Breathing deeply, he searched through his repertoire of nasty tricks. Then he clapped his hands and spoke again. I wasn't expecting anything as potent as the stimulating compass. From each of the five points of the pentacle, I was in a glowing column of electricity, shot up, jarring, and crackling. It was as if five lightning bolts had been momentarily trapped. In another instant, each column had discharged into a horizontal beam that pierced me with the force of a javelin. Arcs of electricity coursed around my body. I screamed and jerked, carried off the floor by the force of the charge. Rude. Mm. Through gritted teeth, I spoke it. Nathaniel! Then, a counterspell as before. The effect was immediate. The charge left me. I slumped to the ground. Small lightning bolts shot off in all directions. The boy dived just in time. An electric charge that would have killed him beautifully speared straight through his flailing coat as he hit the floor. Other bolts collided with his bed and desk. One zapped into his vase, the flowers slicing the glass cleanly in two. The rest vanished into the walls, peppering them with small asterisk-shaped burn marks. It was a delightful sight. <laughs> The kid's coat had fallen over his face. Slowly, he raised his head and peered out from under it. I gave him a friendly thumbs up. Keep going. I grinned. One day, if you work hard and stop making all these stupid mistakes, you might make a real grown-up wizard. The kid said nothing. He got painfully to his feet. By pure fluke, he had dived pretty much straight down and was and, and so was still safe within his pentacle. <laughs> I didn't mind. I was looking forward to whatever mistake he would make next. But his brain was working again. He stood still for a minute and took stock. Better get rid of me quickly, I said in a helpful sort of way. Old man Underwood, we'll be coming to see what all the noise is about. No, we won't. We're too high up. Only 
two Mandy's floors. Mandy's deaf in one ear. He never hears anything. Shut up. His missus. He did something then both times. What was it? He snapped his finger. My name. That's it. You used it to deflect my spells. Curse you. I studied my fingernails, eyebrows raised. Might have, might not. It's for me to know and for you to find out. The kid stamped his Stop foot again. It. Don't speak to me like that. Like, like you just what? Did. Like you're speaking to a child. Takes one to know one, bud. This was fun. I was really riling him. The loss of his name had made him lose his cool. He was seconds away from another attack. I could tell. He had the stance and everything. I adopted a similar but defensive pose, like a sumo wrestler. Ptolemy had been exactly this boy's height, dark hair and everything. So it was nice and symmetrical. Better looking by far, of course. With an effort, the kid controlled himself. You could see him flicking through all, all his lessons, trying to remember what he should do. He had realized that an ordinary quickfire punishment was out of the question now. I just sent it back at him. I'll find another way. He muttered Wait, darkly. Ooh, I'm really scared. I said, watch me shiver. The kid was thinking hard. There were big gray bags under his eyes. Every time he made an incantation, he wore himself out further, which suited me just fine. Some magicians have been known to drop dead simply from overexertion. It's a high-stress lifestyle they have. Poor things. His thinking went on for a long time. I gave an ostentatious yawn and made a watch appear on my wrist so that I could glance at it <laughs> warily. Why not ask the boss? I suggested. He'll... Help you My out. Master? You must be joking. Not that old fool. The one who's directing you against Lovelace. The boy wrinkled his brow. <laughs> There's no one. I don't have a boss. Now it was my turn to look <laughs> blank. I'm acting on my own. I whistled. You mean you really summoned me on your lonesome? Not bad for a kid. I tried to sound suitably psychophantic. Uh, well then, let me give you a tip. The best thing now is for you to let me go. You need a rest. Have you looked in the mirror recently? One without an imp inside, I mean. There are worry lines there. Not good at your age. It'll be gray hairs next. That will... What will you do when you meet your first succubus? Put her right off, it will. Succubus, a subductically shaped genie in female form. Oddly popular with male magicians. No, I wonder why. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was talking too much, I knew, but I couldn't help it. 
I was worried. This kid was looking at me with a calculating expression that I didn't like. Besides, I said, with me gone, no one will know you have the amulet. You'll be able to use it in complete secrecy. It's a precious commodity. Everybody, everybody seems to want it. I didn't tell you before, but some girl tried to jump me before tried to jump me for it when I was hanging around in town. The boy frowned. What girl? Search me. I neglected to mention that this was pretty much what the girl had succeeded in doing. He shrugged. Simon Lovelace I'm interested in. He said almost to Not himself. Mm -hmm. He humiliated me and I'm going to destroy him for it. Too much hate is bad for you. I ventured. Why? Um... I shall tell you the secret, demon. He went on. By dint of my magic, I saw how Simon Lovelace came by the amulet of Samarkand. Some months ago, a stranger, swarthy, black-bearded, and cloaked, came to him in the middle of the night. He brought him the amulet money was exchanged. It was a furative meeting. I snorted. <laughs> Right, yeah, there's friends. a thing. But no Typical magician guff stuff. This is the unfortunate imp inside the brass disc who did all the work. Mm -hmm. Sorry, bronze disc. Yep. I snorted. What's surprising there? It's how all magicians trade. You should know that. They thrive on unnecessary secrecy. It was more than that. I saw in it Lovelace's eyes and in the eyes of the stranger. There was something illegal, underhanded about it. The man's cloak was stained with fresh blood. I'm still not impressed. Murder's part of the game for you lot. I mean... You're obsessed with revenge already, and you're only about twelve, what, six. Same difference. No, there's nothing unusual in it. That bloke with the bloodstains probably runs a well-known service. He'll be in the yellow pages if you let your fingers do the walking. I want to find out who he is. Hmm, black-bearded and cloaked, eh? That narrows our suspects down to about 55% of the magicians in London. Doesn't even exclude all the female Stop ones. Stop talking. The kid, this kid, seemed to have had enough. What's the matter? I thought we were getting along well. I know the amulet was stolen. Someone was killed to get it. When I find out who, I shall expose Lovelace and see him destroyed. I will plant the amulet, lure him to it, and alert the police at the same time. They will catch him red-handed. But first, I want to know all about him and what he gets up to. I want to know his secrets, how he does business, who his friends are, everything. I need to discover who had the amulet before and exactly what it does, and I must know why Lovelace stole it. To this end, I charge you, Bartimaeus. Wait just a minute. Aren't you forgetting something? What? I know your true name, Natey Boy. That means I have some power over you. It's not all one way anymore, now is it? The kid paused to consider... You can't hurt me so easily now, I went on, and that limits your room for maneuver in my book. Throw something at me, and I will throw it right back. I can still bind you to my will. You still have to obey, oh, you still have to obey my commands. 
That's true. Your commands are the terms on which I'm in this world at all. I can't break from... I can't break out of them without your unleashing the shriveling fire. But I can, sure as hell, make life difficult for you when I carry out your orders. For example, while I'm spying on Simon Lovelace, why shouldn't I grass you up to some other magician? The only thing that stopped me doing that before was fear of the consequences. But I'm not so worried about them now. And even if you explicitly forbid me to grass you up, I'll find some other way to do you a nasty. Let slip your birth name, maybe, to acquaintances, to acquaintances of mine. You won't be able to sleep in your bed for terror of what I might do. He was rattled. Oh, sorry. A complicated penalty made up of 15 curses in five different languages. Magicians can only use it on one of us who deliberately disobey or refuse to carry out a given command. It causes immediate incineration, only applied in extreme cases, since it is tiring for the magician and robs them of a slave. He was rattled and I could see that much. His eyes flicked from side to side as if hunt as if hunting for a flaw in my reasoning. But I was quietly confident in trusting a mission to a genie who knows your name is like tossing lit matches into a fireworks factory. Sooner or later, you're going to have consequences. The best he could do was to let me go and hope no one else called me up while he was alive. Or so I thought. But... He was an unusually clever and resourceful child. No. He said slowly. I can't stop you if you want to betray me. Hmm. All I can do is make sure you suffer along with me. Let's see. He rummaged through the pockets of his shabby coat. Something in here somewhere. Aha! His hand emerged, holding a small, battered tin, on which the words, Old Chokey, were ornately inscribed. That tobacco tin! I exclaimed. Don't you know smoking kills? It doesn't contain tobacco anymore. The boy said. It's incense pots. It's full of rosemary now. He lifted the lid a fraction. Sure enough, an instant later, a waft of the hellish scent reached me and made the hairs rise on the back of my neck. Some herbs are very bad for our essence, and rosemary is one of these. In consequence, magicians can't get enough of it. There's a big business in protective herbs after slaves and underarm deodorant for magicians. Simon Lovelace, for instance, positively reeks of rowan tree rub-on. That's a terrible name. Yep. <laughs> I'd turf that out and fill it up with some honest bass. Is it Backy or Bassy? Bassy? Becky. Backy, I advised. Far healthier. The boy closed the lid finally. I'm going to send you on a mission. The he said. I shall cast the spell of indefinite confinement, binding you to this tin. 
The spell will not take effect immediately. In fact, I shall make it start up a month from today. If, for any reason, I am not around to cancel the spell before a month is up, you shall find yourself drawn into this tin and trapped there until such time as it is opened again. How'd you like the idea of that? A few hundred years encased in a small tin of rosemary? That'll do wonders for your complexion! You've got a scheming little mind, haven't you? I said glumly. And in case you're tempted to risk the penalty, I shall bind this tin with bricks and throw it into the Thames before the day is out. So don't go expecting anyone to release you early. I won't. Too right. I'm not insanely optimistic. The kid. The, in oh. the infident confinement spell is a, is a bad, bad one. It's a bad one. And one of the worst threats magicians can make. You can trap for centuries and hoard Minute. minutes. Minute. I'm. Sp uh, then why does it look like minute? Words. Yep. That's stupid. English, English is stupid. stupid. In a horrid, in a horrid, minute spaces, and to cap it all, some of them are just plain daft. Matchboxes, bottles, handbags. I even heard of a gin who was imprisoned in a dirty so old lamp. Stop here for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> minute and minute are spelled the exact same way. You know how you tell the difference? Stupid. How it's how put, it's in, put the in the sentence and the context of the words around it. You have to pay attention to the other words in order to understand how it is pronounced and the meaning behind the word. English sucks. Anyways, well, let's English finish this chapter. English does suck. <clears throat> the kid's face now bore a horribly triumphant look. He looked like an unpleasant boy in a playground who just won my best marble. So, Bartimaeus. He said, sneering. What mm -hmm. do you say to that? I gave him a beaming smile. How about you forget all that silly tin business and just... Trust me, instead. <laughs> Not a chance! <sighs> My shoulders sagged. That's the trouble, you see. No matter how hard you try, magicians always find a way to clobber you in the end. All right, Nathaniel. I said, what exactly is it that you want me to? To do. And thus ends chapter 14 and part 1 of the Amulet of Samarkand. So, what have we got? Ah! It's He almost, he was almost free. The only note that I have is, holy shit! <laughs> Nathaniel's a little, um... He's a he's a fucking hell man. He is definitely on the road he's... to being. Oh, he's a, a, a moral villain. Gr morally he's grave villain. He's definitely on the road villain. to something. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder what he's gonna do after yep. his revenge, because he's been working on this for the better part of yep. a year now. Not only that, but. He managed to effectively negate the demon's control over him. I mean, the demon still has con still mm -hmm. has power over him, but he managed to basically negate that by saying, if anything happens to me, you're kind of fucked, dude. And not only that, you're kind of fucked for several hundred years, and nobody's going to find you for several hundred years. Yeah, not even a summoning because you trapped, bitch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, like, holy what else we fuck. Got? Um, <sighs> can I just say that if Nathaniel was to be sorted into a Hogwarts house 
He'd be a Slytherin. Slytherin primary, Ravenclaw secondary. Yeah. Brains and cunning are a dangerous combination, especially when you're motivated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have been thoroughly pissed off. Like that. If you're motivated, yeah, it's scary. But it depends on what kind of motivation would determine how much you should fear the person. And his motivation type is yep. revenge. What? Yep. So it's like, oh, fuck. Nope, 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 nope. Get out, so out of the country. Uh, let's see. Well, for first of all, it sounds like they... Hi. We have a cat. Hello. Yes, Hi. I know. I'm in the middle of something so. right now, though. Um, so, with Bartimaeus, they are now officially roommates, first and foremost. They're roommates. They're roommates. They're reluctant yeah. roommates. Nathaniel is doing this strictly because of the fact that he can't let him go because he knows his name. Yep. So... He is now stuck with Bartimaeus. However, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because Bart, from the sounds of it, Bartimaeus... So we now know, though, from I forgot to say about this earlier in the previous chapter. We mm. now know that Bartimaeus isn't, like, a high, high-ranking demon. Mm -mm. But he's up there. So we also now know the name of the boy he takes the form of as well. No, it's only me. Is Egyptian. Which, if you remember from, yeah, which if you remember from previous chapters, he had a very close relationship with mm -hmm. uh, Ptolemy. So, there is the possibility that a similar or a mirrored relationship can, or well, not uh, mirrored, a parallel relationship can develop between Artemis and Nathaniel. put money on mm -hmm. that. You know why? Because mm. Bartimaeus mm. compared Nathaniel with Ptolemy. And one of the things he he and what he did was he looked at the similarities, not the differences. Which, if you're looking at storytelling mm -hmm. mechanics, hints at the fact that this is going to be a parallel relationship, if not a relationship the relationship of the same caliber. Mm -hmm. Another thing to point out is, and Bartimaeus has done this a few times now. Uh, he's trying to help the kid. Mm -hmm. In like a super like we as the readers know, hey, he's actually trying to like help you. However, Nathaniel is being smart yep. in his own right because he's also like, you're a demon. You're going to say whatever the fuck you want to like yep. get at me. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we've already been over the point yeah. that he's a smart kid, but and we've already been over the point that Bartimaeus is not exactly. He doesn't want to harm. He doesn't want harm to come to the kid, or he doesn't want. He he doesn't intend to harm the kid, but he's not above doing that if he mm -hmm. needs to. He he has no ill will towards mm -hmm. Nathaniel, and he's actually tried to help him on a couple of occasions, like offering him some advice. Which, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, demons do that, but how often do they do that? How often are they actually coming up, kind of genuine, and being like, "Hey, you're kind of." Okay, stop and think a moment. Maybe do it this way, or maybe not do the thing, or maybe do something else instead. Because mm -hmm. you're my master, I don't know what else you have in plan for me. So, maybe not die before you can officially dismiss me I'm and let me go home? Nathaniel takes Bartimaeus on as his mentor, and I'm wondering if uh, Bartimaeus takes Nathaniel on as his mentor -y. Maybe he forms a hmm. maybe he forms a partnership with the with the demon, um, uh, in order to learn what he needs to learn. Which, again, they birth of a warlock kind of, um, which I mean, kind of feeds into the whole. Bartimaeus doesn't want has no malice towards the kid, but the kid's kind of in over his head at this point. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. very much so. Also, Underwood. Screw. Fucking yeah. Him and Lovelace. Mm-hmm. So anything else? We oh we found out a few things. Well, 
So either he was lying. So either Nathaniel was lying about yeah. Underwood, because he said that Underwood's deaf in one ear. So he could either have been lying about that so that way to get him to shut up, or there is a chance because lies are put in with some form of truth. Because earlier chapters, it showed that it seemed like he was having selective hearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is a chance he might actually be partially or fully deaf in At one point, ear. Mm -hmm. More information required. Mm -hmm. I think. Which we won't get from Nathaniel unless we're reading it from his Correct. point of view. Yep. Also, or it makes me wonder. Because, mm -hmm. so... He said that he wants to get back at Lovelace mm -hmm. by taking the amulet of Samarkand mm -hmm. and by placing it in his master's study. We mm -hmm. now know, like, because before we thought, oh, it's like that whole, like, oh, my master is better than your master thing. We know it's not that. We know he knows that his master is, like, not even, like, he's probably, like, not even a, a yeah. C-tier magician. He's a dead weight. Yeah. So, he's left it there. He says he wants to destroy it. Once again, that could be a lot. He could potentially just be trying to frame him yep. completely. And why would they suspect a boy who apparently, to everyone's knowledge, hasn't even summoned a lesser... Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. I... So, tailing on that, riding on that train of thought, there is a possibility that Nathaniel, for the last year, has been planning and preparing himself to not only reveal any wrongdoings that Lovelace may have done, because <clears throat> from the sounds of it from the previous chapter, when he was looking at that whole interaction between Lovelace and the uh, cloaked tall dude, Skinny Hagrid, um, <laughs> basically... It seemed like Lovelace was actually doing something probably highly illegal, which involved Moida. Mm -hmm. And, um... Moida. <clears throat> Moida. Fun shit. So, he's probably planning on something to reveal that to get Lovelace's life completely ruined, which is the main goal. And just in that uh, process, get his actual master his official master <clears throat> swept off to the side as well for his incompetence and his uh, otherwise uselessness as a magician in as sort of a um what's that term casualty hmm. could be mm. Effectively killing two birds in one with one stone for what happened that day. Could be. Hmm. Because could be any one of those things. Yeah, because there's that possibility that he, that uh, Nathaniel, yes, he is aware that he is a magician. He wants to be a great magician, like um, what was that uh, name on the statue? Oh, Gladstone. Um, Gladstone. He wants to be a great magician like Gladstone and the old and the magicians of old. He sees that his master is a useless, incompetent mm -hmm. fucktwag. And Simon Lovelace is an egotistical bastard. And he wants to get rid of both of them. Not mm -hmm. sure as to if he wants to, I don't think he has thought about what to do next after getting rid of both of them. I don't think he's gotten that far yet. I think he's just more focused on first task, get rid of these two fucktards. I think he is focused on it. I think, though, because remember, he's been planning this for a year and we've been shown mm -hmm. that he's clever. I think he didn't foresee his master calling for him and then Bartimaeus finding out his name. So that's throwing a wrench into things and making things a little bit more difficult for him. Mm-hmm. However, he did prepare with that little uh, rosemary with that little uh, uh, tobacco box, mm -hmm. just in case. So he at least had something that 
it's it's like um it's something I usually say. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it than and okay. not have it. And yeah. in and in this case, he did a smart thing. Past Nathan was super smart. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now that phrase is not going to be useful in all situations. That's how hoarding habits develop. I mean, he already has two demons now. Yeah, but he's not hoarding demons, and it took him about... It, he was very selective over the last year as to what demons to have. But he has <laughs> two now. Yes, he has two. He doesn't hoard demons like his master does. Demon hoarder! So now, on today's episode of Demon Hoarders... Mom? We have... <laughs> What are you doing in the jar? What haven't you told me? I don't know. Uh. On today's episode of Demon Hoarders, we enter the home of Arthur Love uh, of Arthur Underwood, where there has been suspicions of multiple demon hoarding. We shall get back to you as soon as we have further reports. Back to you in the studio. Hey, Ben, you got the glasses? Yeah, I got the glasses. Gimme, gimme. We have to see. We have to see for ourselves. You got the lens on the camera? Yeah. Oh, it's like BuzzFeed. It's like that BuzzFeed show with the ghost hunters. (laughs) Okay, let's see how many demons are actually in this house. Which level is that one? This is the level three lens. Okay, let's see how many are on level three. Oh, shit. Shit. There's too many. (sighs) Well... It's been a good run for part one. Part two isn't until after chapter mm. 30. So. Yep. I'm thinking this is good. Well, you mean what? episode 30? No. Episode 30. Part two ends after chapter 30. Oh, okay. You're good. I misheard. So, I'm thinking this is a good place to end this episode. Uh yes. Thanks for joining us for episode 30 and chapter 14 of the Amulet of Samarkand, uh, the first book in the Bartimaeus trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope you guys are getting something out of this. We hope that you're enjoying it. Thanks for continuing to stick along for the ride. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find Lady Punnett at lanktr.ee slash paulina.avalon. You can find The Reading Dragon at linktr.ee slash dragon, and you can find myself at linktr.ee slash blazewing2010. If you would like to leave us a voicemail message or you would like to take a look at our podcast feed, you can absolutely do so at anchor.fm slash idiot-book-nook, and you can find our website, which has all sorts of uh, cool stuff, at idiotbooknook.wordpress.com. With that... For episode 30 of the Idiot Book Nook, I'm Blazewing. I am the Reading Dragon. I'm Lady Punnett. And we Punnett. will see you for episode 31 and chapter 15, the beginning of part 2 of the Amulet of Samarkand. <laughs>